This is Roadmap to Executive Suite Podcast, a place where we talk about accelerating your careers and how to get to the C-suite, all tailored to the ambitious woman. We're here to have fun, feel empowered, and get actionable steps to get you closer to your dream job and salary, no matter where you are in your career. I'm your host, Claudia Miller, and I'm a career coach who helps ambitious women get the jobs they want, all while getting them up to $50,000 in salary increases. I've been featured in Forbes, MSNBC, and named one of the top 23 most innovative career coaches of 2020 by Business Insider. Welcome to the show and let's get started. Well, today I'm excited for our next guest. We have Leonor Gill as a professional in the financial services industry with over 30 years of experience. Lenore is an advocate and strong supporter for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Lenore received the Chairman's Award, DNI, in 2017 and the Mujeres de Asset Leadership Award in 2018. Leonore enjoys positively impacting the lives of others by volunteering for Big Brother, Big Sister, for United Way, and as a confirmation facilitator at her church. She serves as a mentor to coworkers and to young Latinas for the Fig Factor Foundation, where she also serves as a board member and officer. Leonor is a published contributing author to today's Inspired Latina Volume 5, and Leonor's purpose in life is to help others and to live to serve and serve to live. Leonor received a bachelor's degree in finance from the University of Houston, is fluent in Spanish, holds several FINRA licenses, including Series 7, 24, 63, and 65, and has a mentor coach certification. Leonor is a proud mother to two children, Jorge or George and Carol, and a proud grandmother to four grandchildren, Destiny, Anthony, Santina, and Jelani. Her hobbies include hiking, dancing, and spending time with family. I'm so happy to have you, Leonor. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm like, damn. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's, you're so, so sensitive. Yeah. And my son goes by George, and I'm like, wait a minute, you're Jorge. Okay. Yeah, I named you Jorge. <laughs> Your heritage here, it's uh, Jorge, who's fine. <laughs> no, I get it. In like Spanish, my name is Claudia, but uh-huh. in like English speaking, they're like Claudia. And I'm like, okay, I can see both. <laughs> one or the other, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I still answer to both. So that's I'm like, baby George or Jorge. <laughs> oh, yeah. Either one will do, but uh, he'll prefer uh, George. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you can still call him however you want, right? You're the mom. <laughs> you know, I could have a different name for him, but I don't mind, I won't embarrass him in here. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Well, Leonard, I'm so happy to have you. I mean, you have such an amazing background and accolades and achievements that you've had through your career. You know, most recently, Senior Vice President at Northern Trust Corporation. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about, you know, what made you who you are today? Wow, Claudia. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here with you. And, you know, it's kind of a loaded question. You don't just become who you are, you know, in the blink of an eye. It really has been a lifelong journey. And when I think back to what was the catalyst for who I am now, it has to be my mother. You know, she was a single mother of four. And she raised us so well. I can now say that, but one, because I'm a mother myself and because I can see the results of all of her teachings. And it really starts at home. You know, if you instill good values in your kids, they just carry through to, you know, school, high school, college, you know, being married and and you always abide by those values. So it has been a wonderful journey, but that has been kind of the backbone of anything and everything that I have done. Because that's something that whether you're, at an entry-level position or you know, down the road as a manager, you carry those with you. 
to be able to lead a group, for instance, I believe we have to lead by example. So that doesn't come easy. My mom was an example to us. She worked very hard, worked a couple of times, a couple of jobs rather, to be able to provide for us. So, so you think about those things as you're growing up in the world and in corporate America, and you pull from those experiences to actually mold the person that you are to become. And there's been so many other things that have contributed to that growth, not Claudia. And the other thing that I would say is having good mentors, having the right people around you really just shapes who you become and who you are. I think that the theme has been so far when I've talked to executives who've done great achievements like you have, Leonor, is mentorship. It comes back and end. So could you tell us like, where did you find your mentors or how did it happen? I'm sure some of our listeners are trying to find mentors themselves and they don't know how or where to find them. And, you know, they might be a little bit nervous or scared just to, you know, reach out to someone. Absolutely. Actually, and we're t- touching on a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. And the reason I say that is, you mentioned I went and got my uh, mentoring certification But the reason I did that is because I realized that every one of us can become a mentor. And let me explain. Growing up, I never really thought that I had any mentors per se, and I never like actually called them my mentors. But when I look back, it all started, as I said, with my mom. But down the road, I also had someone very influential in my life, and that was an uncle of mine. He was an executive in Mexico. I was here in the States. And I remember when I was in high school, he said, you know, make sure you go to college because, you know, what if you get married and it doesn't work out? What are you going to do? And I'm like, well, yeah, I suppose that's true. But anyway, so he was very instrumental in getting me to say, yes, I'm going to continue my advanced education. I went to college. I graduated. But I, at the time, I, I didn't even think that he was like a mentor because he was a family member, right? But then the other one, Theo being Theo. I was like, okay, yes, me, Theo. He was an executive. He must know something. So, so I'm going to listen to him, right? But then, you know what? The other person that I can say played a role in my life was when I was in high school. I met this lady. She was our history teacher, actually. Her name was uh, Ms. Burbaki. I, till the day, Claudia, I remember what she looked like, how she stood, petite, you know hair pulled back. I mean, she was wonderful. But the thing that I realized that helped me about her is the fact that she believed in me. I was here maybe, I don't know, maybe two, three years coming from Mexico. My English is very broken. I mean, you know, I was not very fluent, but yet she trusted and, and believed that I could do the work. So she went ahead and assigned a very difficult book report that I didn't think I was going to be able to do. Anyway, so I did it. I got a really good grade. But the lesson for me there was that, you know what, if somebody believes in me, why can't I believe in myself? And then, of course, you know, as I went on through life, I found myself other mentors. But, you know, at the time when you're meeting these people, you probably don't realize that that's what they are. These are people who are putting your path for a reason, people who will help you along, who are going to probe your thinking, they're going to push you, that they're going to challenge you, and they're going to say, you know what, you can do this. Because a lot of times that's all it takes. Somebody saying, yes, I can do this. I mentioned earlier in our conversation that I'm a member of the Fig Factor Foundation, where our mission is to elevate young girls. And a lot of the experiences that I've had with these girls, Claudia, is the fact that they don't believe in themselves. They don't believe that they're good enough to do anything that they you know, set themselves out to do. And a lot of times it's only a matter of having somebody there to say, yes, you are good enough. 
And that's kind of what's happened to me in the past that I have had people who have believed in me, have been there with me, have kind of like pushed me along. And you have to be mindful about who those people are. So there's a saying in Spanish is, you know, it says, uh, dime con quien te juntas y te diré quien eres. So tell me who you hang out with and I'll tell you who you are type of thing. And it's so important because if you have five people who you really want to model, then you're going to become that person. You're going to become more like that person. So it's really important to align yourself with people who you admire, people who are already in a position that you want to go into. And that's very helpful. When it comes to mentors, it's really, really important that you pick not just your best friend or your manager, that you look around and pick someone from different industries. Why? Because it's like almost like putting a board of directors together for a company. You want somebody from a finance experience, from you know uh, human resources, or from you know strategic perspective, economic perspective. And that's exactly what you want for yourself. You want to ask people from different backgrounds to become your mentors. And then, you know, they become advocates and and people who are going to vouch for you. But for now, it's really important that just to align yourself with those kind of people who are in different industries and who are going to challenge you along the way. Who are not going to be telling you what you want to hear, but what they know that you have to hear. Yeah, I like to call it like creating your own league of advisors. Yes, yes, that's exactly yeah. what it is. They go by different names, uh, advisors, uh, board of directors, you know, your, your little community, whatever it is. But you definitely need to have something to something like that to be able to succeed and move on to the next phase of your life. Yeah. And one thing I have like a recommendation for some of the listeners out there, I know some people might say, well, who, I mean, I'm just with my friends they are at the same level that I am. How can I elevate, you know, my surroundings kind of like, you know, you're the average of your five closest friends, but for that quote, it's not just your friends you're surrounding me with, but what are you surrounding your time with? So what books are you reading? You know, what kind of shows are you watching? Podcasts, like listening to this podcast, you're learning from executive women who have broken barriers, who have done amazing things. And this is just the beginning. Absolutely. And you know what? You bring up a very good point. This is a time and age of technology. I mean, it really has a lot to do with time management. How do you manage your time? Do you sit in front of the TV or video games or whatever the case may be? No, you do all the things in different areas because success is not just about being at the top of your corporations, also being about really good with your spirituality, your physical well-being, your emotional, mental well-being. So so it's a mixture of a lot of different things. And I'm so glad that you bring this up because it's not just doing well at your job. It's a combination of all these things. And to be able to nurture that, you do have to read the right books and align yourself with the right people, look at the right inspiring dramas versus, you know, reality shows that don't really mean anything. (laughs) Personally, I don't really care for those. But yes, absolutely. It's a well-rounded approach to succeeding. Yeah. And like kind of to that point too, I mean, I read a lot and I'm big on like, how can we become better? How can I expand? And a lot of us have a lot of tunnel vision because Mm -hmm. of our our upbringing. So for example, you know, I grew up low income, very humble beginnings. And to me at the time when you were asking me like in high school, like Claudia, if you could, like, what would you be ideal? Where do you see yourself like 25? And, you know, at that time I'm like, well, I'd be driving a red convertible and, you know, I have a job and a house and, you know, and I'll probably be making like 40, 50,000. I'm going to have so much money. 
now <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, we, I needed to expand my horizons. Cause at the time that was my tunnel vision. My mom, you know, was working as a hairdresser and, you know, like she wasn't making as much like as it would have been corporate. So to me, like 50,000 was like, oh, wow. Like I would have made it. And now I'm like, how can I afford a house and <laughs> a, a brand new red convertible? <laughs> But again, it was the books that I read, the kind of those mentors that were not always direct mentors, like you mentioned, like they were just surrounding myself and the books and a lot of this activity that I did that expanded my horizons all of a sudden without really changing my environment. You know, I was still growing up first one in my family to graduate from like high school, let alone college and then master's degree. So it was, I was expanding that tunnel vision and that's why they say, You're the average of your five closest friends, including like the TV, the radio. Now, I know some of my girlfriends listen to reality TV show and say don't, but also add some more books that you can read or podcasts or whatever that makes it easy for you in order to start influencing. How can you expand that horizon and ton of vision that we currently tend to have in ourselves? Absolutely. And a lot of that is, as you mentioned, is also cultural, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of uh, Hispanics, for instance, will be, you know, parents will say to their kids, oh, you know, if you do a great job and, and work overtime, you know, you're going to get noticed and you're going to get a promotion. Well, you know, that's also changed. It's not so much about putting in the you know, gazillion hours and, and doing a great job. There's, a, of course, bad, but then there's the other aspect of it, really knowing for the shakers and movers type of thing, the networking is really important yeah. and educating yourself and, and all of those things combined help. But now it's not just the one thing as, you know, we were raised to believe that if you work hard, then you're going to have it made because it's not like that anymore. Yeah. You know, I feel like even like some of my girlfriends, we actually have, it's eventually we tend to have like almost similar thoughts where like, kind of like you mentioned, like I would tell my mom, like, mom, I'm going to negotiate my salary. She's like, no, like, don't, like, you're going to risk your job offer. Like, don't do it. Just be grateful. And my girlfriends are like, oh, really? How much? Like, are you going to go for like the 40, 50 K salary increase? I know last time we got 30,000 and it's like, it's a totally different conversation with my girlfriends. They're in a similar wavelength that I'm in, as opposed to like my mom, who like, again, like she has a different understanding, her environment, how she perceives things is like, you're going to lose the job. And then I tell her mom, actually, I got a $30,000 sale increase. And she's like, oh, well, good for you, Miha. <laughs> and it's just like, see, sometimes we have to take, we have to step ourselves out of the comfort zone in order to become the next better version of ourselves and to keep growing and expanding. Absolutely. And I'd agree with you more. But yes, we do face those comments from our parents. Oh, no, you know, don't rock the boat. The hell I see, you know, it's okay. <laughs> Great. Well, I wanted to ask my next question. I think this is a great conversation and dialogue, but I also wanted to know, like, when did you decide you wanted to become an executive? Like, how did it happen? Was it planned or was it like, hey, Leonard, by the way, what I want this VP job? And you're like, mm, sure. Because I feel like from my understanding is when you get to that high level, it starts to be more intentional because if you let your career guide you, I mean, it can steer you so many ways, but tell us a little bit more, like, When did you decide you wanted to become an executive and how did that happen? You know, I think it all goes back to my early upbringing. I mentioned my mom being a single mom and her brother, the uncle that I mentioned earlier, he would come home and and this was like way back when, when he was still in school and he would come back and back in the day now, I'm kind of aging myself here, but back in the day, he would come home with a shorthand uh, tablets and with, you know, typed out uh, sheets and I would look at them and be like, what is this? So I was very curious, but I also liked the fact that he then got a job at a very nice company. He was always wearing a suit. He looked really good. And I'm like, 
I want to do that when I grow up because I liked it. You know, he was very presentable, handsome, and all this gibberish. I had no clue what it was. I wanted to someday do something similar, right? So that was, I think, like kind of the beginning. And then the other thing is, you know, seeing my mom work as hard as she did, Claudia, that to me was like, oh, you got to do better. You cannot be working in a factory job, in a restaurant job, as a cook. No, I got to do better. And I always have to be uh, learning and doing better and better things to not only be an example to my, my own immediate siblings, but the family as a whole. As you mentioned, I'm also the very first one to graduate high school and college here in the States of my generation. And so proud to say that I've had now nephews and nieces who've kind of followed in, in that same path. And that's such a great feeling to know that you made a difference. But my being an executive didn't just happen. You know, it's just been a lot of hard work, a lot of, you know, proving yourself, because especially when you're a Hispanic woman, that's even tougher. That's been my experience. You know, one, they look at you like, okay, I actually had somebody in my prior company I asked me what I was doing here when I told her that I was from Mexico and she just kind of looked at me and says well what are you doing here like you know go back to your country type of thing and I'm like okay well, no that's not going to happen yeah, I'm actually your boss you <laughs> might be kidding but that's exactly what happened I was a department assistant and then I worked my way up to a supervisor manager director so on and so forth but it didn't just happen overnight it was a lot of long hours a lot of work a lot of challenges that I had to overcome, not just in the workplace, but on a personal basis too, because at the time, you know, as a woman, you know, you're not being the the executive, you're also being the, the wife and the mom and the sister and the friend, and you have to learn how to balance all those things. And, and that's a tough um, thing to do, you know, to be able to balance everything else. So you're not, you know, falling on this side or that side or giving too much to work and not enough to your kids, especially when they're little kids. So it's a lot of hard work, uh, long journey, a lot of education, knowing the right people, the right mentors. So it just doesn't just happen. I'm, I'm sure there's people who are extremely fortunate to have an executive position land on their lap, but that was not me. Yeah, that's been what I've seen, like from working with clients in executive roles and just having guests on the podcast, it's very intentional. Yeah. And it's not like you get tapped like, hey, want to become VP? I mean, there are times when you have great mentors and you have advocates for you. They start grooming you and prepping you with maybe without you realizing it. But again, it's that same like you come in saying, I'm going to do the best that I can. You're networking, you're building those mentors and creating that advocacy and league of advisors that you can go to so that when that time comes, you're already set. You've been grooming and preparing for this point in your life. Absolutely. It happens uh, economically, just kind of organically rather. So, I mean, I'm curious to know, because I mean, you, like you said, you mentioned your mom, your grandmother, you stole a sister and all, you have so many, you're playing so many different parts in your life. How do you manage all of it? And, you know, what do you recommend for women that are, you know, maybe trying to think of going to that director level position, you know, worried that they won't be able to spend enough time with their family or they're considering, do I want to go to executive level? Will I have enough time for my family? Would I have a life or am I just going to give up my soul and my whole entire, you know, lifestyle to my job. And therefore that's all I ever be. Yes. And those are great questions to ask yourself. And actually that's uh, what I was going to say. You really have to look deep inside and say, what's the priority in my life? And I think a lot of it also has to do where in your career you're at. Somebody who's starting out their career may say, okay, you know what? Yes, I'm going to go on to become a manager or executive director or whatever. But I have my mom was taking care of the kids, you know, 
different circumstances. So you might be able to make a different decision as to when you're older in your career. For me, it came down to priorities. My family was always my priority. No matter what happened, I mean, I and I let my company know back in the day, I said, you know what, something happens. And the nice thing about that too, Claudia, is that I was with a company that valued family. So that's also important to be with a corporation to know that knows your values and knows your uh, priorities and they can work with you and they're flexible with you because yes, even though you're an executive and you're leading this, you know, huge effort or initiative or whatever, it's great to know that there's some flexibility there. On the other hand, you know, you as an executive have to prepare for those emergencies or situations and have people around you, whether it be your spouse or your mom or a very uh, reliable caregiver, if your children that you're worried about, but have those things in place for you to have that peace of mind to be able to concentrate on the things that you need to do. But for me, bottom line, family, of course, you know, yes, work, yes. But emergencies, I, I wouldn't hesitate to doing what I had to do, obviously not drop the ball because you never do that, but have the, the people in place to be able to take over so that I can take care of the most important things in my life. That sounds amazing. I'm glad that you're able to still have that work-life balance where, you know, your family is very important, but you're still able to deliver on your work in the workplace. And then like you mentioned, you moved yourself up from like, you know, your entry-level position all the way to vice president. Yes. And that's something that, you know what, it, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't come easy, but at the same time, a lot of that also has to do with time management. You know, how do you allocate the time? We all have 24 hours in the day, but how is it that we allocate those hours? You know, because in addition to work and and home, you know, it's you. It's number one. You have to take care of yourself first before you can do anything. If you don't take care of number one, then nothing works. (laughs) Yep, I agree. So then if people could know just three things about how to get ahead in their careers that they can apply in their life, what would they be and why? Oh my goodness, uh, three things. Yeah, you know, like we initially just knowing what your core values are, work from those because once you set that as a foundation, then you can build on those. That's very, very important. Also, having the right people around you, we've been talking about being surrounded by the right people and and being the result of the, the five people that you hang out with. That's extremely important. And also doing what you're really passionate about. Because if you're not liking what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, you're not going to succeed. You know, and that's so important. And, and a lot of times we don't have the luxury of going into something that we love. Why? Because we're just kind of working up up the ladder, right? You know, we just have got to do what we got to do, but that's really not exactly the end goal. It's not like what I'm crazy about. Because once you find that passion, then everything kind of kind of flows together, kind of falls into place and makes it a lot easier. I actually just had a conversation with a leadership coach. She's a global leadership coach where she works with like generals and CEOs. And one thing she told me is like, you know, all of us have a different leadership style or leadership language. For those that I I follow like love languages, there's also a leadership language. And actually she was, you know, when I was working, I just, I'm not big on like the small details. I'm more strategic vision. This is what it's going to look like. Here's how we can expand and grow. And you know, she was saying that there are different leadership styles and understanding. She's like, that's why you didn't enjoy those types of roles because you weren't optimizing on where you thrive in. Where I thrive in is through strategy and like 
business development. Like, how do we expand and make this bigger? And you're like, you're right. That's really what I enjoy. I'm not a person that likes to do like, I can do it, but it doesn't bring me a lot of joy. So if 80% of my work is working, yeah, the mundane day-to-day detail, that's why I was feeling drained. And I, you know, I was still doing really well in my job, but I just didn't enjoy it. So, you know, for some people out there, they might say like, well, I just suck at my job or I just hate my job. That may, that's not the case. It might be that you're just in the wrong job position. Maybe you need to figure out where are your strengths and then go into that role because you'll be surprised how fast you're going to thrive and be able to enjoy that work. And it's going to change just your overall well-being because no longer it will drain you, but it would actually re-energize you. Absolutely. For the longest time, I had a quote pasted to my desk and it was along those lines. If you do the work that you're more passionate about, then you'll never have to work a day in your life or something mm-hmm. to that effect. And I loved it because it's so true. Yeah. You know, when you're passionate about doing what you're doing, it doesn't feel like work. You know, you can do it like, you know, 24 seven type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> not that much, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, no, I mean, it was so great having you on the show. Is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners out there? Can people reach out to you? I know if, you know, if they wanted to reach out to you, get to know you a little bit more, learn more about the organizations that you're part of. Absolutely. I'm on LinkedIn, so I can always be reached by LinkedIn, via LinkedIn, rather. If there's one thing that I would love to tell, especially our Hispanic ladies uh, growing up in the industry or, you know, stepping up the ladder of being executives of their companies is just believe in yourself. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it because you do have everything that it takes to make it to the top. Well, thanks so much, Lenora. I appreciate all your expertise and insights that you shared with us today. Thank you, Claudia. Pleasure having you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure being here today. Thanks for listening. And if you like this episode, you can go to our website, RoadmapToTheExecutiveSuite.com for show notes and sign up to get alerts. All new episodes will be posted every Thursday. Talk to you next week.